Cultivation, at the height of Valerie's fame with the Mary Tyler Moore show, several of her Hollywood friends convinced her to try Werner Erhardt Seminars, EST. The training which happened at week-long seminars was meant to help people unlock their potential, but the rules were very controlling. During the seminar, participants weren't allowed to wear watches or talk to their neighbors. Worse than that, they weren't even allowed to get up for water drinks or bathroom breaks. It was like how the military breaks people down. But to me it didn't seem like they ever built them back up. When Valerie came back from her EST seminars, she was like a zombie. She got her own spin-off show from Mary Tyler Moore named for her character, Rhoda. When we went in for her script reads, she was so different than she had been on Mary Tyler Moore. She wasn't funny anymore. She would question all the jokes and talk in a monotone way, like she didn't get it. They really had to pull her performance out of her after EST, her relationship with Wendy became strained too. One night, shortly after we graduated from high school, I got a call from Wendy. I can't live here anymore. Let's get out of town. I could hear Valerie yelling at her in the background, you can't leave. Let's go, Tommy. Let's go see your family in Pennsylvania. Pop doesn't pay any attention to you. Let's just go and see what happens. Wendy, I said. Going to Pennsylvania is not a great idea. It's not like you think. Your mom, that divine lady, has a nice place out there. Right? Let's go see if we can stay with her. I don't think. I want to meet her anyway. I want to see what it's like there, what your childhood was like. When I got to the house, she was packed up and determined to leave. You don't understand what it's like there, Wendy. If you don't take me, I'll go by myself. Fine, I agreed and went inside to talk to Dick and Valerie. I told them we were going on a trip, and I promised to take good care of Wendy. After some talk, they agreed to let us take the yellow Volkswagen. We left Hollywood and headed east. I reluctantly agreed to take her to Philadelphia to meet Mother Divine, hoping I would be able to talk her out of it before we got there, we took the same route across the US that Susie and I had taken with Mom. The rest of the trip wasn't eventful either. All I can remember from it was being anxious about how a meeting between her and Mother Divine would go, when we got to Philadelphia, I drove through the city and showed Wendy where I had been dropped off at the Divine Lorraine Hotel on Broad Street by Mom all those years ago. I was afraid to go straight to Woodmont and I decided to stay in a hotel for the night and give Mother Divine some notice, just call her, Tommy, Wendy said. I'm sure she'll be happy to see you. You don't understand. I'm not even supposed to touch a woman. You can't say normal things there. Like, there were peacocks outside my old bedroom, but I had to call them peafowl, because you can't say cock. She laughed, I'm not joking, Wendy. You can't even say hello because it has the word hell in it. Okay Tommy. I won't do anything to embarrass you. I picked up the phone and dialed Woodmont, peace, this is Woodmont, said an unfamiliar voice, peace, this is Tommy, I said. May I please speak to mother? They put me through. Peace, mother. This is Tommy. I'm in town and I want to visit. That's wonderful, Tommy. Woodmont misses you. There's something else, I said.
Um, I want you to meet my friend. I brought her with me from California. The other end of the line was silent. I continued, I just want to bring her there and show her around. Show her where I used to live. I suppose for a quick visit, Tommy, she said. That is all. I could tell mother wasn't happy, as we got ready for our visit, Wendy was excited as she brushed her hair. She thought it was fun that she got to wear formal clothes that covered her up to her neck, and a skirt that reached down past her knees, while I wore a button-down shirt, a jacket and tailored pants. We drove to Gladwine. Driving past the pristine grounds of the Philadelphia Country Club and the grand manors that lined the drive leading to Spring Mill Road. We turned left at Woodmont Road and then took a right past the double iron gate that opened onto Woodmont. I drove slowly up the driveway, pointing out the pool at the base of the hill and the brothers and sisters' quarters next to the house, we pulled up to the staff and visitors' parking area, and I pointed out the lakes at the back of the property. Telling Wendy about my cave. When we got to the front of the house, I showed her the granite and brass shrine where father's body had been laid to rest, we walked under the covered entryway and up the stairs to the main entrance. A sister waiting near the door opened it and said, Peace. We stepped into the foyer, with the staircase that wrapped its way up to the second floor. At the top of the staircase was a life-sized portrait of mother and father, and in front of it stood mother. Wearing one of her magnificent gowns, wrapped in fur, I noticed Wendy stand a little straighter as mother glided down the stairs. Instead of her normal greeting of peace, mother looked at Wendy and said, I do not approve of Tommy bringing a girl to Woodmont. No fraternization is allowed here. It is all right if Tommy would like to show you around, but that is all. Mother did not escort us around the property or chat. She seemed distressed. Later, I would learn there had been a much-publicized visit from Jim Jones, who had made another attempt to take over the movement. After giving me the permission to show Wendy around the property by myself, Mother said peace Tommy and left for her office, our steps echoed around the hall as Wendy and I walked past the long tables. This is where we had banquets, I said, before walking down the hall and back to the upper kitchen. The upper kitchen's usual frenzy was missing. Only one follower sat there, going through a book. I walked with Wendy through the basement-level kitchens. The dining room and then back up to the main floor to the solarium and music room, once we were back outside, I showed Wendy the brothers' quarters. The hall was nearly empty, though a man I didn't remember said, Master Tommy. The prodigal son returns. He smiled at me as if he knew me, peace, I said. Do you know where happy love is? He doesn't live here anymore, he moved out. Oh, thanks, I said, making a mental note to call mother later and ask her what had happened to happy. My little room at the end of the hall was untouched, bed made, nobody was living in it, as if waiting for my return, she's not even going to invite us to dinner. Wendy asked. I told you they wouldn't want me to bring you here. She looked deflated. I thought we might be able to stay. No, I said. That definitely wouldn't work out. Wendy's mood as we left Woodmont was of complete disappointment. We went back to our hotel room in Conshohocken. Now what? Wendy said. I don't want to go back to Los Angeles. Let's do something different. 
Let's flip a coin and see where it takes us. We've been east and west. Let's see if we should go north or south. If it's tails we go to Florida, maybe the Keys. If it's heads, we go north. She liked the idea, and jumped over to the bed to watch me flip the coin I pulled out of my pocket. The coin went up in the air and landed on heads, let's go to Canada.